Welcome to TCC Alive, a podcast of Tulare Community Church. Hear the word of the Lord from 1 Timothy chapter 3. Here is a trustworthy saying, whoever aspires to be an overseer desires a noble task. Now the overseer is to be above reproach, faithful to his wife, temperate, self-controlled, respectable, hospitable, able to teach, not given to drunkenness, not violent but gentle, not quarrelsome, not a lover of money. He must manage his own family well and see that his children obey him, and he must do so in a manner worthy of full respect. If anyone does not know how to manage his own family, how can he take care of God's church? He must not be a recent convert, or he may become conceited and fall under the same judgment as the devil. He must also have a good reputation with outsiders, so that he will not fall into disgrace and into the devil's trap. In the same way, deacons are to be worthy of respect, sincere, not indulging in much wine, and not pursuing dishonest gain. They must keep hold of the deep truths of the faith with a clear conscience. They must first be tested, and then, if there is nothing against them, let them serve as deacons. In the same way, the women are to be worthy of respect, not malicious talkers, but temperate and trustworthy in everything. A deacon must be faithful to his wife and must manage his children and his household well. Those who have served well gain an excellent standing and great assurance in their faith in Christ Jesus. Although I hope to come to you soon, I am writing you these instructions so that if I am delayed, you will know how people ought to conduct themselves in God's household, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and foundation of the truth. Beyond all question, the mystery from which true godliness springs is great. He appeared in the flesh, was vindicated by the Spirit, was seen by angels, was preached among the nations, was believed on in the world, was taken up in glory. This is the word of the Lord. Lord be with you, Tulare Community Church. My name is Ryan. I'm one of the pastors here at TCC. We're continuing in our sermon series, Trustworthy Saints. It's working us through Paul's first letter to Timothy. Our passage today is looking at quite a lot, but you will find these words to be the last out of my mouth during our time together. A faithful witness is a congruent witness. Those words will guide and orient our time together today. A faithful witness is a congruent witness. A few weeks ago, Claire and I were having dinner with Pastor Shane and his wife Ashley. Conversation was delightful, and topic of discussion moved to movies, or films, as I learned to call the good ones. And now, you may already know that Pastor Shane is a huge cinephile, has an enormous knowledge and understanding of the art of filmmaking, but what was unbeknownst to us until that conversation was that that knowledge is almost matched by his wife, Ashley. So we're excited, I'm excited, I love people who are experts on pretty much anything. I'm asking them all kinds of questions. What's the best movie ever made? What's your favorite movie? What makes a movie good? Why are the good ones called films and not just movies? How presumptuous are people in this industry? My favorite was when I asked Shane this. Was Avatar, which was that movie released about a decade ago that was a huge hit around the world, was that what made that such a good movie? And Pastor Shane looked me dead in the eyes and said, Who said Avatar was a good movie? 
And so Claire and I asked, well, what do, you, what do we need to watch? And they said, anything by Christopher Nolan, the director. And they very generous, generously lent us several of the movies that he has directed. We have now watched them all, and we most recently watched Batman Begins. It's where Bruce Wayne is figuring out how to be Batman, but his closest friend, Rachel Dawes, is disappointed that his behavior does not reflect his character. She says to him, dramatically, it, is, it isn't who you are, but what you do that defines you. It isn't who you are, but what you do that defines you. And that's when we're supposed to say, oh, wow, that's deep. And when we look around, we see that this logic seems to hold true. What have the past 15 years of the takeover of social media and the ever-changing landscape of culture taught us? How many likes can I get on this photo? What do I have to do to get the photo to get more likes? How many shares or comments can I get on my post? How come I don't have more? Professional athlete can be charged with drug charges, domestic abuse, assault, but if they can produce on the field, then any questions about character don't really matter. What you do, the image you project for the world to see, how others perceive you is more important than anything else. Andre Agassi, one of the best American tennis players of all time, summed this up perfectly in an ad campaign for the camera company Canon in the 90s. The ad displays Agassi's lavish lifestyle, cars, jewelry, photographers snapping pictures of him, the whole nine yards. And he looks right at the camera and he says, image is everything. It's not who you are, but what you do that matters. Now there is, of course, a flip side to this emphasis on image, on reputation of action. The reaction to this exterior over interior mindset has been to overemphasize who one is more than what one does or how one is perceived. Who cares what anyone says? Be yourself. Express yourself. What you do, what others think of you, doesn't matter. It's who you are that counts. David Brooks, an essayist, a columnist, and a writer that I really quite like, wrote in his book, The Road to Character, he said this, Self-respect is not the same as self-confidence or self-esteem. Self-respect is not based on IQ or any of the mental or physical gifts that help you, that help get you into a competitive college. It is not comparative. It is not earned by being better than other people at something. It is earned by being better than you used to be, by being dependable in times of testing, straight in times of temptation. It emerges in one who is morally dependable. Self-respect is produced by inner triumphs, not external ones. Inner triumphs, not external ones. Again, this is where we're supposed to say, whoa, that's deep. So which is it? Is what we do and not who we are more important or are inner triumphs more important than external ones? Seesaw, tug of war, messaging that we receive day after day can be exhausting and can leave us asking what we're meant to do, who we're meant to be, and what is most important. Now, is this a recent phenomenon, a, a modern quandary? Let's take a look. Our passage of scripture today is from the book of 1 Timothy. And much of 1 Timothy consists of instructions on how the church should function in order to, as Pastor Shane looked at last week, have unity 
and peace. There's a lot on who should be doing what and how they should be doing it. The trustworthy sayings that we've been looking at are essentially best practices for the flourishing of the Christian church and of the gospel. On the surface, our passage today is looking at how to best implement and live out two specific roles in the church, overseer and deacon. Now, the Greek word for overseer here is episcope, which can mean not only overseer, but superintendent or even elder. And in Acts chapter 20, we see the words elders, overseers, and shepherds used interchangeably. So 1 Timothy 3 is essentially laying out the requirements for elders and deacons. Now, if you're new to Christianity or even just new to TCC, our church has folks who are selected for both of these roles, elders and deacons. They help lead our church and our pastoral staff works hard to be in step with them as we strive to steward this church. To be an elder or a deacon is to bear the responsibility of leadership. And here's what Paul specifies as requirements for elders. He says in verses 2 to 7, Now the overseer is to be above reproach, faithful to his wife, temperate, self-controlled, respectable, hospitable, able to teach, not given to drunkenness, not violent, but gentle, not quarrelsome, not a lover of money. He must manage his own family well and see that his children obey him. And he must do so in a manner worthy of full respect. If anyone does not know how to manage his own family, how can he take care of God's church? He must not be a recent convert, or he may become conceited and fall under the same judgment as the devil. He must also have a good reputation with outsiders so that he will not fall into disgrace and into the devil's trap. What is the first thing that Paul focuses on here? He says they must not be angry, nor out of control. Must not be victims to the idols of money and alcohol. Paul is talking about character. Next, how do they conduct themselves in the privacy of their own homes and with their families? Are they leaders of their households? Are they respected by their families? Is their character reflected while in private with their family? Paul then ends the requirements for elders in verse 7 saying, He must also have a good reputation with outsiders so that he will not fall into disgrace and into the devil's trap. You noticing anything here? Okay, how about what Paul says for the deacons? Here are the requirements for deacons that Paul is verses 8 to 13. In the same way, deacons are to be worthy of respect, sincere, not indulging in much wine and not pursuing dishonest gain. They must keep hold of the deep truths of the faith with a clear conscience. They must first be tested, and then if there is nothing against them, let them serve as deacons. In the same way, the women are to be worthy of respect, not malicious talkers, but temperate and trustworthy in everything. A deacon must be faithful to his wife and manage his children and his household well. Those who have served well gain an excellent standing and great assurance in their faith in Christ Jesus." Worthy of respect, meaning that they must be well thought of, temperate, trustworthy, sincere. They must be respectable in public and in their household as well. Are we beginning to pick up what Paul is putting down? For leaders in the church is who you are, your character, your heart, inner life, more important than how you present yourself to others and how you navigate in the world. 
Or is what you do, how you treat people, how others perceive you, more important than the characteristics that make you, well, you? Yes. If you are a Christian, particularly if you are a Christian leader, then you represent the gospel. You represent Jesus, not only to the world outside of the church, but also to the church itself. Paul refers to Christians as Christ's ambassadors in the world in 2 Corinthians. And verse 15 of our passage today says, You will know how people ought to conduct themselves in God's household, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and foundation of the truth. To be a Christian is to have experienced the transforming power of grace. To be a Christian is to be a first-hand witness to God's power of redemption in your life. If you consider yourself to be a Christian, then you are a member of God's household. You are a witness to the world of the truth of the gospel. And you are a witness to the world of the living God. The most powerful, the most effective, the most trustworthy witness, Paul says, is one in which your inner life matches your outer life. Where your character matches how you are perceived by others. Where who you are is supported by what you do. And what you do is supported by who you are. A faithful witness is a congruent witness. Now if you're sitting there thinking, well I must be a pretty terrible witness because I have a hard time even articulating my character much less how I'm perceived in the world. And fear not. The church's model for a congruent witness is the one whose inner life matched his outer life more completely than we could imagine. Our model is the one who was 100% God and 100% man. The one who demonstrated that his character matched his actions when he said of you and me and everyone, they know not what they do, while dying for you, me, and everyone. Jesus' congruence is evident when we see, when we trust, when we know that he died for you and me, and he didn't have to. God wanted intimacy with us. He wanted relationship with us, not out of necessity or compulsion, but because that's who he is. And he backed up who he is with what he did. He sent his son to die on the cross, a cross that our sin should have led us to, to die in our place. Who God is, is completely congruent with what he did. Christians are called to live congruent lives, to be congruent witnesses to the world but no matter how good or pure or true our intentions might be, there will be times where we stumble, we fall, we fail. We will not be perfect. But if we believe that Jesus is our Lord and Savior, then as Paul tells us in, our, in 1 Corinthians 3, the Holy Spirit dwells within us and is at work. He is sanctifying you, sanctifying you into who you are meant to be. And so examine yourself, be honest, ask for feedback from those who know you and from those who don't. Find where who you are and what you do are out of alignment 
and ask God to help you find congruence, to be a faithful witness. Model Jesus' example, so countercultural for us today. He led a life of wholeness. His character totally reflected his behavior, a shining light in a dark, dark world. And if you're here today checking out church, if you find yourself searching, but being a witness sounds like a lot of pressure, take heart that to be a witness is to be important to God. To be a witness means that who you are and what you do matter. To be a witness is to have a purpose for your life, to live for the one who gave up his life so that you might have one. TCC, you are a witness of the church and of the living God. The the pillar and foundation of the truth. And that witness is most complete when when who you are aligns with what you do. And what you do aligns with who you are. Because TCC, a faithful witness is a congruent witness. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you want to know more about the ministries and mission of Tulare Community Church, visit us at tccalive.org.